Father, we thank you, dear God. You're so wonderfully awesome. We're super excited about what you're uh, showing us and what you're uh, teaching us. We ask that for all the hearers uh, today, that they would have their mind arrested with thoughts of you and your word. Pray that you would open our eyes, God, that we may see all that you'd have us to see. Open our ears, God, that we can hear everything you want us to hear. And God, we ask that through this process, through this teaching, through this series, that we truly obtain financial freedom because we've accepted the truth and received the freedom. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So we're going to now deal with Abram, and it's important that we come right behind it because, because the Malachi presentation was what it was, there are some that still believe that because Abram lived 400 years before the law, that they don't tithe because of what Malachi says. They tithe because they're doing what Abram did. And Abram is the father of the faith. Okay, let's take a look. Genesis, the 12th chapter. This is going to be done in two parts. Here's the scenario. Abram... And his genealogy is in, uh, you have to turn there, his genealogy is in Genesis 11 chapter, verse 26 uh, through the end of uh, the 11th chapter. Uh, and so he says in chapter, chapter 12, Genesis chapter 12, verse 1, it says, Now the Lord had said to Abram, get out of your country, from your family, underline that by the way, and from your father's house, to a land that I will show you. I will make you a great nation, I will bless you. And make your name great, and you shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse him who curses you. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So Abram departed as the Lord had spoken to him, and Lot went with him. Underline that. And Abram was 75 years old when he departed from Haran. Then Abram took Sarai, his wife, and Lot, his brother's son, underline that and all their possessions that they had gathered and the people whom they had acquired in Haran and they departed to go to the land of Canaan so they came to the land of Canaan Abram passed through the land to the place of Shechem as far as the terebinth tree of Morah and the Canaanites were then in the land okay now I need you to go back also and underline for me. And this is only if you're writing your Bible. Listen, if you worship your Bible, that's cool. I understand. But if you use it as a study tool, then I want you to underline in verse 5, Lot to his brother's son, all their possessions that they had gathered, and the people whom they had acquired in Haran. The people they had acquired in Haran. Now, at this point, allow me to ask a very simple question. What has Abraham given by way of money to the Lord? We read six verses, Genesis 12, verse, verse 1 to verse 6. What has Abram given at this point? Nothing. What great act of obedience has Abraham performed? Uh, that's a little trickier theological question, I suppose. So, he exhibited faith, and action followed faith. That's a whole other... So, you know, series I suppose we need to teach that right believing produces right action or right living. Not the opposite way around. Yeah. Okay. 
So let's take a look at verse 1. one uh, verse 1, so the first instruction God gave was get out of your country. Okay? The second thing is that you need to get away from your family. Right? And, oh, by the way, this is not one of those places where I say to you, if your family ain't acting right, you need to get away from them and just connect and be with the church. No, that's not right. You, you, you don't ever leave your family to go connect to a church. The revelation that you get about who God is and who Jesus is is to be utilized to help save your family. What is this, some sort of divide and conquer philosophy that I've missed in scripture? But for Abram, the instruction was very specific. And so, the, the next thing that you read is that Abram is leaving and he's taking a lot with him. <laughs> There's a reason I wanted you to understand a lot went with him. Um, because when we read Genesis, the 12th chapter, and we read how God dealt with Abram, you're not going to find this duplicated anywhere else in Scripture from Genesis 1 and 1 to Revelation 22 and 21. These instructions are not uttered again. Therefore, theologically, you cannot ascertain from that that is the way you and I are supposed to live our life every day, starting with today. You have to take it in its historical context for how it's presented. So the specific instructions to Abram was that you need to leave your country, get away from your family, and leave your father's house. So right off the bat, we see that, we see two things. Number one, there are unconditional blessings that are given. Listen to what God says. He says, verse 2, I will make you a great nation. Okay, now listen, it did not say, if you get out of your country, if you depart from your family, if you go to the land, I will show you. That's not what it says. I know that's oftentimes what is implied, but that's not what it says. You read what it said just like I did, right? It says, these are, do these things. He says, I will make you a great nation. What was Abraham's role in this? I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great, and you shall be a blessing. These are all things on God's agenda to do. Not on Abram's that he's working toward. The initial relationship that we have with God that is founded on Abram's relationship with God because he's the father of the faith is not, again, a works-based relationship. It is God saying, these are the things I will do for you. Verse 4, first thing Abram did was break God's commandment and take Lot with him. Very first thing, they, the, the donkeys and mules and camels, they ain't even start kicking up dust yet. And already, he's got Lot with him. What, what did God say? Leave your country, family, and your father's house. Come on, Lot, we're leaving. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, so, now in verse 5, Abram had some sizable possessions and, and you, so let's look at this. You know how I like to play amateur scriptural scientist, right? Okay, so when you look at verse 5, it says, Then Abram took Sarah his wife, and Lot his brother's son, and all their possessions that they had gathered, and the people whom they acquired in Haran. 
Okay, so they, they gather their possessions, and, and we'll, we're definitely going to flesh this out in Scripture. And you're going to see. Um, the, the possessions were indeed sizable, and there were people that they had acquired while living in Haran. Now you go back to the genealogy in 1126, and you'll see kind of how they, they got to that particular place, Haran. Uh, so Abraham had great possessions, so much so that he was acquiring people, buying people, servants. Okay, so for those who say that, and I'm going to jump ahead and jump back, that Abram was truly blessed because he tithed, obviously he had not started at chapter 12. Because before he even gets to where God wants him to go, the Bible says he had possessions and he had acquired servants. And not nary a tithe had been given. As a matter of fact, what we do see is before uh, Abram followed God's instructions thoroughly, he broke them. Now, that's not a pattern of behavior you want to follow either, by the way. <laughs> We're just simply reading what it says. You can't take away from what the Bible is actually saying. And so, to some extent, we can rightfully say, based on at least in verse 5 alone, that Abraham already had it going on somewhat, even before we get into the whole tithe piece. Is, is, that, is that fair? Is everyone following along scripturally? Do you see that? Okay. I want to skip down. Now, verses 12, um, excuse me, uh, Genesis chapter 12, 13, and 14, you're going to need to read in their entirety for yourself. I, I can't read every single verse. You know, we'd be here until March. So, but you need to be able to do that. But I'm, there are certain pieces that I'm going to be taking uh, from there. But we'll read, you know, we'll read context, of course. Okay, so it says, verse 10, Now there was a famine in the land, and Abram went down to Egypt to dwell there, for the famine was severe in the land. So he leaves, and he's headed to Egypt to avoid the famine. And it says, And it came to pass when he was close to entering Egypt that he said to Sarai his wife, Indeed, I know that you are a woman of beautiful countenance. Therefore, it will happen when the Egyptians see you that they will say, This is his wife, and they will kill me, but they will let you live. Please say, you are my sister, that it may be well with me for your sake, that I may live because of you. Right? So you just read this like I did. So, now I don't know how beautiful Sarah was, but Abram was fairly certain that once somebody see you, it's curtains for me. <laughs> right? So he's like, look, we need a plan. We need a plan. He said, okay, this is the plan. When they come to us, we're going to say, we sister and brother. Now, Sarai obviously is compliant with this because you'll see, you know, that she, she agrees. But, you know, maybe just, just good information to know just because I really love reading scripture. I mean, this scenario with Sarai is going to keep reoccurring because she is a very beautiful woman. So the whole 75-year-old thing, you can't really process it through the information that we had today. Not to say that 75-year-old women can't be beautiful. I don't want anyone calling, you know, emailing. I, I'm not trying to offend anyone. I'm just simply saying, this is a, I'm going to kill you to get her sort of scenario. Okay? Um, it says, so it was, verse 14, when Abram came into Egypt, that the Egyptians saw the woman, 
that she was very beautiful. The princes of Pharaoh also saw her and commended her to Pharaoh, and the woman was taken to Pharaoh's house. He treated Abram well for her sake, because Abram was her brother, <laughs> right? He had sheep, oxen, male donkeys, male and female servants, female donkeys, and camels. Now, you want to circle that verse, because again, for those that would say or imply or intimate or suggest that Abram, later to be Abraham, was wealthy because he tithed. Have you seen mention of tithes as of yet? Now, he started off with possessions and enough possessions to acquire servants. And then, because of Sarai's beauty and his lie, he gets additional animals sheep, oxen, donkeys, camels. So he's gathering here some, he's adding to his possessions. Tithe hasn't come into play, right? Okay, I just want to make sure. And there's no law, right? Because the law doesn't exist yet, right? Okay, because Moses hadn't even been born or any of that stuff. No, I just want to make sure we're okay. All right. Make sure all our Bible's saying the same thing. Verse 17, But the Lord plagued Pharaoh and his house with great plagues because of Sarai, Abram's wife, and Pharaoh called Abram and said, What is this you have done to me? Why did you not tell me that she was your wife? Why did you say she is my sister? I might have taken her as my wife. Now therefore, here is your wife. Take her and go your way. So Pharaoh commanded his men concerning him, and they sent him away with his wife and all that he had. So everything that the Pharaoh had given him when he thought Abram was Sarai's brother, He's like, y'all need to leave and take everything with you. Just take it all. <laughs> so Abram's wealth is expanding. His possessions are expanding. And I want to paint this picture for you appropriately so that when we get to the point where we're dealing with the tithe, we can kind of separate fact from fiction. We have to take it the way that it's presented. By the way, I am not suggesting here, although we just read it, that lying is a way to gain wealth. Although, oddly enough, it does occur. But, I mean, this is not a pattern to follow. I mean, everyone would agree to it. I don't think any theologian or any pastor would go, hey, look at Abram, lie, and boom, you get blessed. I mean, that doesn't make any sense, right? So I guess what I'm saying then is that you have to carefully read and understand what you're reading so that you don't take something that is presented as scripture as a pattern for your life today when that is not its intent. 13th chapter. Then Abram went up from Egypt, he and his wife, and all that he had, and Lot with him to the south. Now remember, it says all that he had with him. Are you kind of catching these phrases now as the picture is being painted? Abram was very rich in livestock, in silver, and in gold. So look up, by the way, Right, so for those who, this is their first part of the series, definitely go back, start at part one. You know, and at some point, if you just popped in at Malachi, you know, just as a quick reminder, just so people, you know, may not have thought about this, it wasn't like silver and gold was invented in the 1920s. It's been around a very long time. So when you think that currency didn't exist, and we changed food to be currency today for the whole time thing, it, you're mistaken. Alright, so here in the 13th chapter, have we come across any ties yet? 
any tithes, a tenth of anything, a tenth of nothing, no tenth, right? Okay, so he's rich in livestock, in silver, and in gold, correct? Has he gotten to the place that God showed him yet? But he's rich, right? We're going to debunk this whole Abraham's tithe thing, so I think already we've already shown that his wealth was not completed in his, his uh, obedience to what God had said as of yet. And there was no tithe and no giving. What has Abraham given God? At this point, nothing. we're talking about animals, we're talking about money. What is he giving God? Nothing. So, so, it's, so obviously, Abram's performance was not what has moved God or allowed God to have Abram's possessions increase. It's not performance-based. I, I think we can because Abraham, as, as, a, as a matter of fact, the two things that we pointed out prominently, one, is that he took Lot with him, which he wasn't supposed to do, and two, he lied. I mean, if that's your performance, then uh, okay. But essentially, that's, that's all that we've seen so far. Right? And when we talk about God's grace, love, and forgiveness, the Freedom Center presents a relationship with God that is not performance-based, but based on God's grace. Right? What we have with God and how God feels about us and how God loves us is not predicated on our performance. I've told you before, there was but one performance that had ever been accomplished in the earth that moved God, and that was His Son. It was sinless and perfect. Right? Okay. Lot also, verse 5, Oh, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. Uh, verse 3, and he went on the journey from the south as far as Bethel to the place where his tent had been at the beginning between Bethel and A, and to the place of the altar which he made there at first, and there Abram called on the name of the Lord. Verse 5, Lot also, he went with Abram, had flocks and herds and tents. So not only does Abram have stuff, but Lot has his own stuff. Right? Now the land was not able to support them that they might dwell together, for their possessions were so great that they could not dwell together. And there was strife between the herdsmen of Abram's livestock and the herdsmen of Lot's livestock. The Canaanites and the Perizzites then dwelt in the land. So you know, you know how you, you, you have a spiritual imagination. I hope if you hang around me for any amount of time, you're gonna get one. Because I'm be phew. Right? So their their herds are out there and you know, Abram's flock comes over and starts eating grass near lots and they're like, yo man, I just found this patch of grass. You better move. One more sheep. Right here. <laughs> I mean, they, they got strife that is coming up between the two of them. And so in verse 8, Abram steps in and Abram says, So Abram said to Lot, Please let there be no strife between you and me, between my herdsmen and your herdsmen, for we are brethren. Is not the whole land before you? Please separate from me. If you take the left, then I will go to the right. If you go to the right, then I'll go to the left. And Lot lifted his eyes and saw all the plain of Jordan that it was well watered everywhere before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah, like the garden of the Lord, like the land of Egypt as you go toward Zor. Now, it says, Then Lot chose for himself all the plain of Jordan, and Lot journeyed east, and they separated from each other. Abram dwelt in the land of Canaan, 
And Lot dwelt in the cities of the plain and pitched his tent even as far as Sodom. But the men of Sodom were exceedingly wicked and sinful against the Lord. So here, here, here is how it looks. Abram and Lot had so much livestock and possessions that the land that they currently were at wasn't big enough. Plus you had the Canaanite and Perizzites also. So you just, you had too much for the land. So Abraham was like, look, look, man, look, anywhere you go, this, you can go anywhere. He said, no, we need to, we need to separate only so that we can take care of the stuff that we have. Not separate like, I ain't with you no more. There's no, as a matter of fact, he said, listen, I don't want any strife. You know, I don't want there to be issues. I mean, you're my brother. I mean, technically he's his nephew, but you understand the connotation with God. So he says, okay, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter to me. Abraham said, it doesn't matter to me. If you go left, I'll go right. You go right, I'll go left. This is important. Now, where, where he went, and, you know, unfortunately, I don't have a, a map to show you, which I really wish I did. They, they went opposite directions. So there is considerable distance. Very important. Listen to what I'm saying. They went a considerable distance away from one another. Opposite directions. Abram and Lot do not live near each other. Is everyone in agreement? You, you read the scripture, you read the passage. Important to understand, Abram and Lot do not live near one another. Okay, I'm going to wrap it up there uh, for, for time's sake. Uh, and we'll come back next week and I'll, and we'll get smack dab in the middle of Genesis the 14th chapter, which is where I'll drop sermonic anger, anchor as we explore and, and, and really flesh out this text. But suffice it to say, right, the background that you have now is sufficient and appropriate. Genesis 12 chapter, God tells Abram, he says, okay, get out of your country, away from your family, out of your father's house, right, so that you're, um, you, you, you see these instructions, you see Abram's response, and I will say again, that Abraham exhibited faith, if we are to take what Paul says, you know, you know, a thousand or so years later, or a couple thousand years later, uh, when he says, faith come by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. So faith, right, Abraham, faith, exhibited faith. Now that is of theological importance because the relationship that God and Abraham had was faith-based, not works-based. Right, for Abraham believed and it was imputed unto him for righteousness. Right, so... We, he really is the father of the faith, right? So, and then his actions followed his faith. Right believing produces right actions or right living, right? And so you see that transition out of, out of 12. You also see that he had possessions. He had servants. You see that as he moves into Pharaoh, Egypt, and Sarai, he gets more possessions. And so by the time that they, they, we get to the, the end of 13th chapter here, they've got so many items, so many things, so much stuff that they have to depart. Father, we thank you, dear God, you're so wonderfully awesome, perfect, and holy. God, we know that you desire for us to know the truth. We also know that through knowing the truth, that we are free through you. We thank you that your son is truth. We thank you also that your grace, love, and forgiveness moves us into loving you, to receiving your love. We thank you 
for what is being taught. We thank you for what is being received. We also know that it is the love that we show one another to those in our neighborhoods and our communities, God. That is how people know who we are in you. And God, I pray on today that all of those that are listening, all those that have been following the series, for those that are here, that they would, one, fully accept and be thankful and praise you for the freedom that you've given them in your word. And number two, that they forgive all those that have taught them in error. God, I pray that the forgiveness they give out will free other people up into receiving your truth. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to the message from the Freedom Center Community Church, where people are experiencing life change by doing life together. We desire to partner with every individual so that they may realize the full God potential that's in them. Also, we invite you to become a friend of the Freedom Center Community Church on Facebook. Accept the truth. Receive the freedom. Thanks again for listening. God bless.